This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford. I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt. He's the CEO of SOM International and with Jesse with the Ministry of Love and Be Loved. Now, David, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Jesse and his wife, I am, and how they're connected with SOM International. Well, I just love Jesse truly like a spiritual son. He's meant so much to me, spoken into my life. He tells me graciously that I've been able to speak into his life, and he's brought much joy over this last decade in our relationship. And he's a guy that was radically saved and uh, just was able to walk and embrace and grow in the identity in Christ. And the Lord just brought him along our path, you know, with his relationship with I Am, who's on staff. That was one of the major connections. And then they started their own ministry. I've been able to encourage and uh, for far and that, and 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 ultimately then partner with us. And so now we're really close, even working together specifically in the partnership with uh, Be Loved and Be Loved. So he's going to be able to talk about that. So anyway, Jesse, it's such a delight to have you on today with our leadership podcast because you're a true leader out there to the church at risk. And um, Jesse, I thought today it would be great if, first of all, people just heard how Christ got a hold of your life and the maturation of your life and walk with Christ and then coming in our and in, in how we came together and, and, and the impact on you just in our relationship and with Spirit of Martyrdom and that partnership. So just go ahead and t- share your story. Thanks so much, David. I appreciate you saying all that. And I'm grateful to be here on the show with you guys today. Well, It's been an amazing journey that we've been on together, David. And before I met you, the Lord was working in my life um, since I was a little boy, because I grew up in in a family that had Christian roots. And I grew up in Christian church and in Christian school and going to different Christian camps. But I never really had a personal revelation of the father. I didn't Mm -hmm. know who he was personally, and I didn't understand who he saw me to be as his son. And so I went through a lot of going through the motions and trying to um, do things right on the outer and just appease people around me. And that just ultimately led me into a place where I didn't know who I was and I didn't know who I wanted to please. And I started to ultimately seek satisfaction in other people and started to seek my identity through what they thought of me and through the things that I would do. And so after um, about maybe seven years old in my life, I had a calling to the Lord. That was clear because I would read the Bible as a young boy and I would come out even in the morning on a Sunday dressed in a suit and a tie. And I tell my family, I have a word from the Lord. And I would share some (laughs) word as a young kid with them. You know, who knows what I would say, but there was a passion in my heart to be with the Lord. But as I grew and I wasn't really getting close discipleship, I was just kind of in Christian circles floating through. And as that happened, I started to want to have friends as I got into my early preteen years, wanted to be accepted by my peers. And then as I got into high school, I started to want to look for girls. And by the time I was 15, 16 years old, I had started to really live the double life where I was attending church on the weekends, but I was doing things totally selfishly throughout the week, Um, gave my purity away, started to drink underage, started to um, use different drugs. And by the time I was 16, I got arrested for the first time. And Mm -hmm. it happened again when I was 17. And it ultimately happened again when I was 19. And it was when I was 19, the third time I'd been arrested, I was in jail for the second time. Um, It was a pretty extreme situation because I I had gotten caught selling drugs. 
Mm. And the police came to my house and they raided me and they they told me that I was going to be going away for a long time. Mm. But there was a situation that happened when I got into the jail that started to be evident later. God was pursuing me in those darkest moments of my life. God never lost sight of who he made me to be, even when I didn't know who I was and what I was doing. And so when I was in the jail, I had an experience with the Lord that I started reading Psalm 51. And in that that Psalm, David is crying out, have mercy on me, O Lord, because of your unfailing love. And because of your great compassion, blot out all my transgressions. And he talks about casting not God's presence from him, but he wants a renewed spirit within him. And as I was reading these words, it started to become clear to me that I actually had deceived myself to think that I was living the life that I wanted to live, doing all the things that I wanted to do. But I realized in that moment that I was a slave to my own selfish desires and that I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do. I was sinning against God. And I had never really seen it that way. I had told myself, I'm just a, you know, a pretty good person and I try not to do too many bad things. Yeah, none of us are perfect, but I didn't really realize, no, you're directly rebelling against why you were created. And so in that time, I just, had a- Jesse, you know, I wanted to jump in at that moment just for our listening audience yeah, to yeah. point out that, again, David, this is that Psalms written right after David's caught with Bathsheba. It's a breaking moment. And, mm-hmm. and, and God is, re- you know, breaking his, his sin, his pride, everything's going on there, shaping David to who he's to be. And here you're, you're parallel there, there. Mm-hmm. And I just want people to get, grasp that in the word, how that came alive to you. So keep on going with your story. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. And I didn't realize that in the moment, but in hindsight, the Lord showed me that. And so I think that's a great thing to point out is it really was a breaking moment. And my conscience, which was sleeping and had been seared and darkened to the point that I was doing things I never thought I could do, and I wasn't even feeling bad about them. Now, as I'm reading this passage in the jail, I'm realizing, wow, I can't believe I've been doing the things that I've been doing. I can't believe I've been hurting the people the way I've been hurting them. I can't believe I've been living against God in such a such an intense way. And so as I read this passage, I'm going through the time waiting for my first court case. And I'm expected to go into a first court case that's going to lead me down a long road to a time in prison because I was being charged with seven felonies, David. So I was in a really intense situation because of the extremity of the, the crime. But through the Lord's mercy and his sovereign hand on this situation, I actually found out the day before I was going to go to court that the county attorney had faxed them and had declined to file all felony charges and was releasing me to go free completely without charge. Oh, praise wow. the Lord. God is so good. His hand was on you. Keep on going. I, I think you, you have us all just drawn in and I know people are enjoying this. Well, what happened is I didn't realize it yet, but God was showing me in hindsight, again, looking back, that Jesse, you were stuck in a prison that you couldn't get out of. You were sentenced. You were going to be sentenced to what you justly deserved. But I intervened and I rescued you from your prison and I showed you mercy to give you a new chance, not just to go to church and keep going through the motions, but to live a new life. And so I started to see that. And I told my brother, my mom, my family, myself, God, after I got out that day, I want to change the way I live. I want to now live for you. And what's crazy about the situation, David, is that only a couple of weeks went by before I had returned back to the old lifestyle of sin that I was living in. Mm. I actually went back to using the different drugs, still sleeping around, still drinking, still using all the profanity, still living in the broken and prideful way that I was. The only difference was that I stopped selling the drugs. And I stopped selling the drugs because I was having night terrors every single night where my 
dreams would have the police raiding me. And so I wow. couldn't actually sleep knowing there was anything in the house. And so I would just connect with my other friends that had the drugs and I would still use them. But every time I used them, and this was April of 2011 that I got arrested. And for the rest of 2011, things would start to change because I kept trying to live the old lifestyle that I was in before. But now my conscience being awakened, the things I enjoyed, I no longer was enjoying. I was taking the drugs and I was feeling like I wish I wasn't doing this. I was mm-hmm. sleeping, you know, and being having infidelity in my life. And it was like, I don't really want this anymore. And mm-hmm. so now the things I used to love, I'm feeling a disconnect to, and I want the things of God, but I don't know how to step into this. And there was a lot of brokenness in my family at that time. There was no one to really come alongside me. And so the Lord faithfully, like a father just pursued me, David. And that's what I really see is he began to lead me into a place of total transformation and about September. Well, yeah, just, I wanted to jump at that point because, you know, what's funny is you're sharing all this, the grief of the soul, you know, and, and the, the Lord disciplines those who he loves. And now you just brought up how the father was pursuing you. And, and so I know Mark's going to take us out um, for a break here, Jesse, we want to pick it up right after that. Again, I know where your story is going ultimately of your identity and how God uh, it really shows that to you. So Mark, take us out. And we're going to pick it up right after the break here. Yeah. So when we get back, we'll hear more from Jesse from beloved and beloved ministries. We'll be right back. At risk radio. Lost story cinema presents a new feature film, The story of Frank Higgins, the lumberjack sky pilot. More than any class that's lived in our land, these lumberjacks can truthfully say, no man cared for my soul. The church has forgotten the prodigal while caring for the souls of the saved. 30,000 men? Men to whom God is dead. And Sunday is the harvest day of iniquity. And the saloons and brothels. But you were there, willing. Willing, yes, but but not ordained, you see. The Duluth Presbytery is not going to ordain an uncouth lad who hasn't even finished the sixth grade. Ever since I was a young lad in Canada, I've wanted to pilot men to the skies. Aren't you the lumberjack sky pilot? I am. My brother heard you preaching. He said you're a fellow who never leave a lumberjack down. I'm too low and vile for even God to do anything with. But God brought me all this way to find you. Based on the true story of an ordinary man who would become a giant. The Parish of the Pines, coming soon. For more information about this film and to learn about a movie premiere near you, go to theparishofthepinesmovie.com. Theparishofthepinesmovie.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. He's the CEO of SOM International. Also online with Jesse from Beloved and Beloved Ministries. And he's been just talking about how uh, the Lord gave him some, well, some grace, uh, some uh, the ability to get out of what was almost certainly a jail sentence. He went back to a life of of drugs, but it wasn't satisfying anymore. And so, so David... Let me just have you interject here just for a minute. Um, you know, as you hear about this story that Jesse is talking about, you know, how does this all impact you? Yeah. Well, again, uh, Jesse represents a a person who came from bondage, brokenness, and now to great influence and leadership. And so that's why I think it's great that we have him on our podcast. And now we're going to ultimately hear how he's become a leader to the church at risk um, in the persecuted, unreached areas of the world. Now, now we want to pick up here. 
Jesse, right? You're talking about how the Lord pursued you and 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 mm-hmm. now just pick up right there how that turns into your understanding your identity and getting that freedom and now moving in maturity. Go ahead. Absolutely. So it was September in 2011, and it had been about six months since I had that miraculous release from the jail. And then things started to come off of my life in a way that I didn't fully understand how it was all happening, but change started to come. The first thing was the sexual immorality I was living in. In September, the Lord stripped that off of me, and I was able to get free from that bondage that was in my life and never be with anyone again until the night of my wedding when I was with my wife. Jesse, that's a big deal. We got to stop for a moment there. Just w- real quick, one way to illustrate, because there's people hearing this, like maybe they're there. How mm-hmm. did the Lord strip you off? Can you d- concisely describe yeah, what the Lord I, did? I mean, it- what happened was I was raised by my mom and dad to be abstinent. And I was always taught that that was the right thing to do and that you should wait for your spouse. And when I had violated that as a young teenager, it had hurt me deeply. And I had tried to run away from that pain and I had tried to numb it by continually living in that lifestyle. But when the Lord softened my heart after the release from the jail and he was really pursuing me, I kept going back into that sin. And it was so empty and breaking me so deeply because I had started to become tender that I just really knew I need to tell um, the individual I'm being with that I, I can no longer be with you. And funny enough, it actually at that time was, I am who I'm going to get to in my story. And we were just friends at the time. And so the Lord just put it on my heart that it's not what I have for you. And he gave me the boldness to tell the person that I was being with, I don't want to live this way anymore. And by his strength, I moved away from it and it never happened again until it happened in God's right order. So Jesse, again, what did the Lord do in your heart? If Can you describe that, that took away that desire for the sexual immorality? You know, it was hard to say in the moment because I didn't really realize what was happening. The Lord was pursuing mm-hmm. me, but I couldn't see it all in the way that I see it now. I just felt like my desires were changing. I felt like I had wanted to live the life for God that I confessed mm-hmm. to live in the jail, but I was still stuck with the same friends and the same crowds and the same mm-hmm. kind of cycles of what I was doing. And so it was just a empty desire. It was mm-hmm. a something that felt like a heavy weight I wanted to take off, you know, and I was really the best way I know to describe it is I just wanted to get it off of me. Yeah. So just, I just want to point that out since this is a leadership podcast. One of the things that I've seen in my life, Mark, certainly, I know you've seen it too. We've talked about it is, you know, it's the sex power money, right? Is the, is one of the major ways that leaders are disqualified in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Work. And it's interesting how the Lord dealt with you at this early age to start just cleaning your heart from all these issues so that you could be a clean channel for his, his work and his light. So keep on going through your story now. So what really amazed me is when I look back at it, that is how I see the Lord took a number of things off me before I really experienced surrendering my life and being fully born again. Because in September, that happened with the immorality and that came off of me. A few months later, I just felt like, you know what, I don't want to keep drinking the way that I was. And this was all happening in context with my current wife, I am who was at the time my best friend, and we were just living in the world. And so her and I are saying to each other, I don't think we really want to drink this way anymore. I don't feel like I want to do this. Next thing you know, a few months go by, and she says, you know, I don't think I really want to curse anymore. And next, we're holding each other accountable and saying, let's change the way we speak. And it was a year after I got arrested. It was April 2012, end of March, early April 2012, where the very last time we went to go and do some um, drugs together. And the Lord just put it on my heart to say it was almost like he 
it was just guiding the words because I said to I am that day, I don't think I want to continue to do drugs after this today. Mm. And she looked at me and just said, well, that's kind of like what we always do when we're hanging out, you know, like, what do you mean? And I said, I just feel like I used to enjoy these and be satisfied by them. But now I feel like I'm an addict and I just don't want it anymore. Mm. And so after that day, we have never done drugs again. And David, it was only a week later <laughs> that, that I was sitting in my bedroom alone and my dad came into the room to, to talk to me. And he said, Jesse, how you doing tonight? And I looked at him and I just remember saying, dad, I'm, I'm not doing so well. Uh, I'm not a Christian. Mm. And he was like, what do you mean you're not a Christian? You know, like you've gone to Christian school. We've always been a Christian family. Like, I know you know the Lord. I said, no, dad, I'm not a Christian because a Christian loves God and a Christian loves Jesus and a Christian obeys the teachings of Jesus and loves others. And I just don't do any of those things. Mm. I said, all I, and I began to have the gift of repentance in that moment, David, because I started to confess my sin without knowing what I was doing. Really. I just told my dad, dad, I don't do any of those things. I live for myself. I lie. I steal. I cheat. I manipulate. I use people to get what I want whenever I want. I'm, I'm really a fake and a fraud. And I, I don't, I don't believe. And wow. he looked at me shocked. And as he left that night, I sat on the bed alone and it was the voice of the Holy spirit. That was clear as a bell spoke to me and said, my name in my heart, Jesse, are you ready to follow me? And after that, David, my response was out loud in the room alone saying, yes. And I went to sleep and everything was different. I went to Iam's house in the next couple of days, shared with Christ and with her. She has a whole story of how she came to the Lord. And over the next years, God led me into the nations and led me into relationship with you, David, and started to really put on my heart missions and um, serving the body of Christ. And that was a perfect time um, when we met because the Lord for the last couple of years since being born again, I had been traveling, doing mission work. And that was when I met you and started to realize the mission work that you were doing with SOM. Well, Jesse, this is why I wanted you on the podcast, because already you touched my heart. I know everybody listening right now has just been drawn to the Holy Spirit. There's just so much more. I just have to say, I, I don't know if we're going to get this in two two episodes. We're about to go to the second one. We might even go to a third, because there's just so much more depth. Every time you and I have been together, I always leave refreshed, inspired. Um, for your young age, the Lord is uh, is bringing you up as a leader in the millennial generation. I think we got to touch on that, and just even a, a you know, message to the millennials. So, Mark, um, let's, mm-hmm. let's come out of this and I want to invite people to come back and hear the rest of the story. So Mark, go ahead and bring us out of today's episode. Yeah, well, we want to encourage you with a couple of things. First of all, uh, if you want to step up as a, a leader, as a supporter of those who are risking much for Jesus, then we want to invite you to begin that journey by subscribing to our newsletter. Uh, our full color newsletter comes out every month and features stories from those who are serving on the front lines in the most restricted areas in the world for the gospel. You can sign up for that at atriskradio.com. And I think I would be, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that really, if you have heard Jesse's testimony today, and you think, you know what? I don't know that I know Jesus as Lord and Savior. David, I think I wouldn't be going too far to say there's nothing better that you guys have to do than to talk to people oh about a relationship with Christ. Is that, would that be an accurate about. statement? Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. accurate. Uh, connecting with God and connecting with each other. That's the heart of the Father. 
Yeah, it is. So um, those who who work in and around Spirit of Martyrdom love to talk to people about Christ and about how they came to know Christ. Um, so if you have questions for us, you know, please feel free to reach out. Uh, they're on the the website, the Spirit of Martyrdom, Spirit of Martyrdom dot com. Uh, <laughs> there's a phone number you can call. There's emails, uh, email address you can fill out. There's forms you can fill out. You know, we'd love to get in contact with you and talk to you more about Christ. And lastly, at risk radio and SOM International, our crowdfunded ministries, you can support the ministry of SOM by either signing up to be a monthly donor. You can do that on the website, spiritofmartyrdom.com, or by buying books in the bookstore. That's SOMbookstore.com. It's more of an exchange for a donation. You give a donation, we send a book. So you can visit that uh, online, spiritofmartyrdom.com or SOMbookstore.com. Until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.